Reporting for duty, sir. I can tell Jesse's in, he's in their underground bunker right now. I can see this. Now, Jess is traveling during Lent. Every Lent, Jesse, for decades, I have been, you know, I've known you for that long. And man, in Lent, dude, I, you know, you're all over the country. I'm saying, man, this guy, I don't know how he does it except through grace. Okay, bro? That's it. Exit grace. It's all grace, brother. It, it is. Listen, today we've got a special announcement. And we, I don't think we've announced this before, but uh, there's a, a group called Catholics for Catholics that Jess works with and we've endorsed. Uh, they're having a national Catholic prayer for Trump at Mar-a-Lago, and it's coming up on a feast day of St. Joseph. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to be talking, Jesse, this leftist greatest gift, hypocrisy. What's that all about? It's interesting. <laughs> and Winston Churchill has something to do with it. And then, of course, you and I watched this movie a year ago on Mother Cabrini. Wow, what a great movie. It's out on this theaters by January 29th. So we want to encourage people to go do that. But, Jess, can I uh, just say, need to know file, my first one. I mentioned last week there were 8,000 Christians murdered in Nigeria, okay, because of the Muslim conflict there. They they, they, they'll steal a priest, they'll kidnap him, and then say, we need money. If you don't give them the money, they kill the priest. <clears throat> the mass attendance in Nigeria, Rat Jesse, 93%. 93% of all Catholics in Nigeria go to mass. Hey, Jess, maybe America needs a persecution. Hmm, interesting. Just a thought. Another good news. Maybe America needs, uh, I don't know, uh, Maybe the Roman Curia needs a black Roman Curia and a black Pope. I'm just saying. I'm all for it, man. I if I was in a, if I was in management, I would surely do that. I wanted to mention another good to know file. The Idaho uh, State Supreme Court is asking to stop the Biden administration from forcing ER doctors, those are emergency room doctors, to commit abortion. You know what makes me laugh in one sense, Jess? Not laugh. I'm like an irony. I see more defense of the life of an unborn from our politicians than from our clergy. And I'm talking yeah. I'm talking about our yeah. bishops. So when are we going to come out and say that the Biden administration, stop it. This is killing our future citizens. And then, Jesse, one thing I didn't mention about what we're going to talk about, we call Bishop Strickland America's bishop. Well, he's the champion of, sac- of the sanctity of life. And he spoke at the CPAC event last week and he on his show explained why he was going there because people were condemning him but we're going to play a clip the second segment Jess that you're going to find out he was preaching to America the gospel of Jesus Christ go ahead Jess that's right Terry because he's, he's America's bishop yeah and that and, and that's a that's a much deserved title just want to remind people that uh this is about uh, the month of February is dedicated to the Holy Family Remember to say often, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, save souls. Also, Terry, talking about the event that Catholics for Catholics is sure. putting on, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be there. It's going to be Tuesday, March 19th. Yes, Feast of St. Joseph. Feast of St. Joseph. And that's, it was a specific, John, yeah, the CEO of Catholics for Catholics, he specifically show, chose that day because of the communist infiltration in our country Amen. through the through the Biden administration. Yep. So it's going to be, it's called the, the the first national Catholic prayer for Trump. And Catholics from all over the country are invited. You can sign up 
by going to the C4C website if you'd like to attend. And we want to go there, first of all, to honor President Trump for being the most pro-life president we've ever had. Yep. And we want to pray for him right in his property. We want to just gather around this, the ballroom and we want to pray openly and loudly the, the Holy Rosary and just have those prayers just saturate the entire property. Uh, there's also going to be some very good Catholic speakers there. You got Lieutenant Mike Flynn, yep. uh, uh, who's uh, just a you know a, a, an army uh, <laughs> re retired army general. You got Jim Caviezel is going to be there. Oh, that's a big name. Yeah, you got uh, Roger Stone. He was the, he was on the, on Trump's administration. He's he's also a serious Catholic. You got Jack Posobiec. He's also a serious Catholic. And then you got the, the 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 Mormon guy Tim Ballard. We've invited yep. him. He's going to be also, he's the one that the movie was made for, The Sound of Freedom. It was made based on his story. Good. He's, he's, he's also what we would call a man of goodwill. So he's also going to be there as well. I'm going to be part of the welcoming committee. Great. So, so if people want to go, you can go. Just go to the uh, C4C.com website, C4C.com, and you can uh, you can buy a ticket, a single ticket or two tickets, or you can buy an entire, an entire table for 10. Awesome. Well, Jess, any other news before we get to the soul food? Nope, that's it. All right, man, hit it. This is my favorite part of the show. Yep. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 to 12. Jesus spoke to the crowds and said to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do observe all the things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. In other words, they're hypocrites. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. In other words, they're just show-offs. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in synagogues, greetings in marketplaces, and the salutation rabbi. As for you, do not be called rabbi. You have one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call on... Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is probably the the most uh, popular verse that fundamentalists like to hit Catholics with. Oh, yeah. The first first of all, I will say this: Call no man father. Protestant fundamentalists, they uh, they misinterpret this verse because there's not a prohibition in using the word father. For example, the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, honor your father and your mother. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Bible is very clear that your earthly father could be acknowledged as father. Uh, so they've misinterpreted that verse because it it would be at loggerheads with other verses of scripture and God doesn't contradict himself. Now, so fundamentalists will say, okay, well, you got a point there, Jess. Uh, you can call your earthly father, father. You just showed me in the Bible, mm -hmm. but, but you can't call priest fathers because you can refer to them as spiritual fathers. Well, yes, you can. The Bible does call patriarchs and those religious authorities. They call them spiritual fathers. For example, in Luke 16, 24, our Lord Jesus Christ calls the great patriarch Abraham. He calls him Father Abraham. Uh, St. Paul refers to Abraham as Father Abraham seven times in Romans chapter 4. St. James uh, chapter 2 verse 21 calls Abraham Father. So th that's Father in the spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. you got John the Apostle. He says 
in 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, he, he calls all the, the, the church leaders spiritual fathers, living spiritual fathers. So what is, what is going on with today's passage called No Man Father? Well, here's the context, okay? Yep. It's, it's, the, the context is, and I think the Dewey Reams explains it best. So I'm going to use the Dewey Reams Good. Bible. Good. On Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, the Dewey Reams Bible says it this way, quote, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom all paternity in heaven and on earth is named. The word paternity in English is the Latin word, or the Greek word, excuse me, paternia, which means fatherhood. So the Dwerims gets it, the, it, it gets it best. It says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom all fatherhood in heaven and earth is named. In other words, all biological father, all spiritual father, all derives from the fatherhood of God. Yep. That's where it comes from. It's 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 in a subordinate sense. It doesn't, it's not equal to God the Father. It doesn't replace God the Father. They are spiritual fathers, and you and I are earthly fathers in a subordinate sense. The context of this passage today is our Lord Jesus Christ. He knew that the scribes and Pharisees were men that were full of pride. They were men that pointed to themselves and their much learning instead of pointing to God the Father, who's our true Father, and whom they, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they received their fatherhood from God the Father. Jesus also, at the time when he said this, remember, the pagans also called Caesar the emperor. They, they were they, There was emperor worship. And so the emperor was also considered the father of the Roman Empire. And if you were a citizen of the Roman Empire, a child of the Roman Empire, you were required to worship him. This is the context that what Jesus is talking about is that no earthly man in government or no religious person, scribes and Pharisees, can replace or supplant God the Father. All fatherhood derives from him and is subordinate to him. Wow. Good stuff, Jess. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. Oh, Sheen ahead. Jesse, this seems like Bishop Sheen wrote this like today in the paper he, about secularization. He said, why are we deluged with books about the secularization of Christianity? Wow, that's today. Because the world cannot see any great difference between the way the church acts and the way the world acts. No one can influence the world who is too identified with it. Jesse, if I could, that would be my message to the Holy See right now. Stop identifying too much with the world and identify with Jesus Christ. I know that's strong language for a layman, but Canon 2.12 says, I'm supposed to let him know my... I'm letting it out in, in, in spades. Hey, Jesse, we come back. Talk about America's uh, bishop, Bishop Strickland, champion of sanctity of life. He's going to be talking to the... CPAC, and he's preaching about America into one nation under God. You won't want to miss this clip. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're talking about Archbishop Joseph Strickland, who Virgin Most Powerful has him doing two hours a week. We're the only media, Catholic media market that has him with two hours every every week teaching the Catholic faith. So for those who want to listen to him, go to vmpr.org. Now, I saw Richard or Jesse 
that um, Crisis Magazine has a very good article about Bishop Strickland's um, talk he gave at CPAC. In CPAC. And so I, what I would like to do is have Mr. Engineer play the five-minute clip, and then let's talk about it. So, Mr. Engineer, let's play this clip of Bishop Joseph Strickland. Because too many in the political world especially are encouraging an atheistic approach to leading this nation. That will never last. That will never thrive. Because how great is our God. Amen. <laughs> we need to come to what the great work you do, the work that I'm called to do, the work you do deal with humility. Think about our nation. Think about our time, our culture. Humility is not one of those most popular words. We need to be prideful and bold and arrogant and strong, but humble. But humility is the greatness of Jesus Christ. Some humble that he began as a human embryo in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We need to remember that and how sacred life is that our Lord entered into. So rather than, as we all know the scripture, pointing to the other and say, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. Let us be stronger in humility and say, oh, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Then we begin to live as one nation under God. What a glorious place to be under God, under the creator of all. I want to share some words that a friend of mine sent encouraging me and all of us, challenging me and all of us. You notice I'm pretty analog, but <laughs> I'm 65 years old. This friend said, those of you who are gathered here today are a group of people who understand the importance of tradition, the sanctity of life, and the importance of staying on course. However, there are many people in our country who might describe you as intolerant while lamenting that the country can't be moved to where it needs to go because of these people. There's a great quote from Archbishop Fulton Sheehan that comes to mind. My friend shares, America, it is said, is suffering from intolerance. And remember, this is more than 60 years old, written by Archbishop Sheen. America is suffering from intolerance. It's not. It is suffering from tolerance. Tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and chaos. Tolerance of false messages. 
Our country is not nearly so overrun with the bigoted as it is overrun with the broad-minded. Those are words of Archbishop Sheehan. I want to add to that personally. I'm here today at this dinner as a witness to truth under God. Jesus Christ, truth incarnate. And I'm thankful for those of you who sit here today who are also witnesses to truth. And we applaud the great work that so many of you are doing. I've met many of you, and hopefully we'll meet a few more before I go back to Texas tomorrow. But let me speak a word of caution here. When, when we portray ourselves as standing for truth, it's easy to pat ourselves on the back and to feel we've arrived. And it's easy to think that it's fine for us to cut corners or to be just a little dishonest or to attack people unjustly if it furthers the purpose a little. Beware, though. And remember what the Lord said to the leaders, the elite, in his day. You brood of vipers! How can you preach, how can your speech be good when you are evil? For words flow out of what fills the heart. Brothers and sisters, I think those words of our Lord are critical, right out of the gospel. Words flow out of what fills the heart. Let our hearts be full of the Lord, of his word. For us who are Catholic to live the sacraments is a great joy, but a great responsibility. We believe that Christ works through those seven signs. Let us do our best to humbly let his word flow from our hearts. Wow. Jesse, proud to be a Catholic, man. When I hear a bishop speak like that to a secular audience, wow. And you know, Jesse... Terry, Terry that, that, that was Sheen-like. Yes, it was. And the, That was yeah. Sheen. That was, that was not a talk. That was not a... Pre- that was power preaching. preaching. Devil-destroying. Destroying theology. Exactly. That, this, the, Bishop Strickland made me so proud to be a Catholic as I was watching him on TV. I'm saying what that we would have dozens of bishops that would speak like him. The church would evangelize the whole world within a year. If we had, if we had people that would speak the unadulterated truth like this man. And you know, Jesse, when I saw Deal Hudson there introducing him 38 years ago, you go way back. I do. I met him when he was a convert to the Catholic faith from being a Baptist and here he is. We've had him on our show over the years, Jesse. Many, you know, I mean, I can't remember what year it was, but uh, when you've been doing this for 44 years, uh, you know, meeting people like that. But I just know Deal Hudson is an Orthodox, Bible-believing Catholic. And I bet, did you see his face when, when Bishop Strickland was preaching and, and quoting Fulton Sheen? He's going, yeah, right on, dude. And the people are saying, amen, amen. Here's my point. We, uh, we are going to play that on his show. I have two shows to do every Wednesday, and then we play them on the following Tuesday and Wednesday before the Terry and Jesse show. 
But you can count on what he's doing. Remember last, you just heard it today before our show. Someone asked Bishop Strickland, said, hey, why are you going to CPAC? What good could come out of that? And he said right on the air, it's going to be broadcast tomorrow before the Terry and Jesse show, why he went. And he said, because I'm an ambassador for Christ. I love wow. What a great answer. And I have to preach to anybody who will listen to me. I wish we had more bishops like that, Jesse Romero. Wow. Thank you, Bishop Strickland, for speaking the truth with charity. And thank you again for quoting the great Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. And I'll just be honest with you, Jesse, because I, I work with Bishop Strickland a couple hours a, a week. He loves Bishop Sheen. He's, he, I'll tell you one other, one other person, Thomas Moore, J Bishop Fisher, those two guys and Sheen are his mentors. Why? Because they stood for something and it was called Jesus Christ. Well, that's, that's him. He's a, that's why we call him America's Bishop. Yeah. And I told him, and he laughed. I saw him. Uh, I remember. I told him oh, also yeah. that that uh, you're like you're like Joseph in the Old Testament. He's named and he's Bishop Joseph Strickland. Yeah. I said you're the modern Joseph of the Old Testament. You were sold by your brothers to slavery, yeah. but look what ended up happening to Joseph in the Old Testament. God gave him a bigger bully pulpit. He was a slave, yes, and he and he rose to the heights of being the second in command next to the Pharaoh. Wow! And 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 his brothers were starving, and his father was starving because there was a famine in the land. Yeah. And they they went to Egypt to go talk to the Pharaoh, and the Pharaoh said, "Yeah, you talk to my second in command." So there, they're talking to their brother. They didn't recognize him, who they sold into slavery years ago. Yeah. And his and his brother basically revealed, "You guys know who I am? <laughs> no, no, I'm your, I'm your brother Joseph." What? You sold him to slavery. What a great story. And and, and th that story's in Genesis chapter 37 and 38. Yeah. But, but I like what Joseph says in Genesis, Joseph said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He says this. He goes, even though he said to his brothers, mm -hmm. even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good to achieve this present end, the survival of many people. So he's basically, he say, basically said, you know what you guys meant for evil, selling me into slavery. You guys thought that was oh, I, they kill me. Yeah, God used that and turned it into good because I rose up through the ranks as a slave, became second in command, and now I'm saving you, and I'm saving my father, and I'm saving all the Israelites because I'm the second in command, and I have the I have the power and authority to feed you from the grains of the Pharaoh. This is who Bishop Strickland right. is, Terry. That's right. You nailed it, Jess. Yeah, he was sold into slavery yep. by his U.S. by his bishop brothers yep, around right. the world and in Rome. Yep. And guess what? God is opening big doors to to speak at CPAC, Terry. I don't think any bishop has ever spoken no. there. He spoke to an international audience. Now he's a household name, and I'm going to tell you, they're going to be inviting him again and again because they're going to say we need a, a Jesus loving Catholic That's right. that has that has authority, the authority of an apostle to speak to us at our conferences. Trust me, this opened the door for him, for him to evangelize politicians at the highest level. And Jesse, that analogy of prelates over the years where they put their finger up and see what way the wind is blowing, and then they decide on what they're going to say, that's not Bishop Strickland. In season and out, he says the he'll, he'll preach the unpopular truths of the gospel and he's willing to take it on the chin for Jesus Christ. And you know, Jesse, I read this 
uh, Joshua Charles book. He'll be on our show Friday when you're out of town. Uh, he's amazing. He's, a, he's oh, he, amazing. Oh, great man, great man. He wrote the book Persecution from Within. And all the saints in that book, it's just so beautiful, folks, when you read about it, they were all persecuted from the pope or from the local bishop, and they all ended up becoming saints. And so I'm going to make a prediction, brother. Yeah, I'm, you know where I'm going with this. That Bishop Joseph Strickland, I won't say it to his face because he went, he'll oh, say, yeah. cut it out. No, Jesse, in time, he's going to be, oh, yeah. he's going to be called St. Joseph, Joseph Strickland. Strickland. Just like Sheen is going to be called St. Hey, Fulton hey, can Sheen. I, can I throw one more? Both of those, Terry. I won't yeah. throw this next one in because I'm telling you, dude, if you're being persecuted right now, you must be doing something right. So when, when I hear people get mad at us, I always say, oh, okay, that's fine. Hey, when we come back, we're going to uh, talk more about our Catholic faith here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Yes, we're too blessed to be stressed and too anointed to be disappointed. Stay with us, family. Wow, yes, Terry and Jesse Show. Too blessed to be stressed. Yes. Jesse, this is an amazing article from Catholics for Catholics. Uh, the left's greatest gift. Let's talk about that, Jess. You got it, buddy. It's uh, January <laughs> 1941, yeah. less than a year before the attack on Pearl Harbor, Winston Churchill hosted Harry Hopkins, a special emissary from America. Hopkins was a trusted advisor to President Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Roosevelt had just won re-election and was now free from isolationist campaign rhetoric to decide whether or not to involve the U.S. in the European conflict. Um. Hopkins, Harry Hopkins, in Great Britain, uh, yeah, 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 for several Hopkins, weeks. Hopkins in Great Britain for several weeks was the eyes and ears of FDR. Yeah, you got to have it. And was and was asked with eval with evaluating the situation and reporting directly back to the president. This was during the time that Hitler was turning his attention from the British, whose continued resistance to the Blitzrig he found galling, to Operation Barbarossa, the planned invasion of Russia. Historian Eric Larson recounts one Saturday evening at a country estate north of London, after dinner, inspired by cigars and brandy, <laughs> Winston Churchill opened up into a monologue befitting a historic figure of the 20th century. Trying to convince Hopkins, and by extension, Roosevelt to aid Britain, Winston Churchill began, quote, We seek no treasure. We seek no territorial gains. We seek only the right of man to be free. We seek his right to worship his God, to lead his life in his own way, secure from persecution. Man. As the humble laborer returns from his work when the day is done and sees the smoke, curling upwards from his cottage home in the serene evening sky, we wish him to know that no rat-a-tat of the secret police upon his door will disturb his leisure or interrupt his rest. Wow. Britain sought only freedom to say whatever one wished and protection of all in the eyes of the law. I wish, I wish the Democrats would read this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This stirring and extemporaneous expression represents those in this country today who wish to be allowed to worship their God, raise their families, and preserve their culture. 
free from persecution and prosecution and prosecution. Does it not? Consider the left has only recently supplanted their accusations of racism and Nazism hurled at everyone with whom they disagree. With the already exhausting trope that Donald Trump and MAGA are threats to democracy, but which side of the political aisle is guilty of and has the spine to do the following? Oh. Terry, you want to share the board? Yeah, number one, deny presidential immunity for the first time in history. Number two, yes. That's the, Dem- that's the Democrats. Of course. Number two, impeach a sitting president twice for political reasons. <laughs> that's the Democrats. Of course. Strike down the ability to speak of those who simply refuse to take part in the delusional Fantasy of transgenderism, the Democrats. Next. Use social media to deplatform, demonetize, shadow ban, ban, and, sign- and stigmatize with the brand of disinformation that comes from the Democrats. We got, we've already had that done to us here at VMPR. Create a disinformation department of the federal government? Yes, the Democrats are doing that. Next. Foist an experimental drug onto society (laughs) with threats of losing your job or the ability to go to school or to play sports or go into the store or ostracization for those who refuse. That comes from the Communist Chinese Party and the Uniparty in this country, which is all the Democrats and some Republicans. We just lived through that in the last couple of years. You know what I'm talking about. Next one, coordinate a smear campaign against those who speak about such. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a, we're, that's we're, a Democrats. We're, yeah, we're we're the um, uh, you know this my, this uh, loud uh, conservative you know they're they're disinformation. I get it. Next. Yeah, yeah. Remove not just the platforms, but remove the licenses of professionals who disagree with a given narrative that comes from Democrat legislation. Next yep. one's a Democrat too. Kind of interesting. Detain in some cases without trial trespassers after the January six insurrection. Yeah, we. That, that is, that just, and you know, can I add one more thought? What about all those knuckleheads in Seattle that closed the city down and put roadblocks? Whatever happened to those people who did that? Nothing. Go ahead, Jess. Yep. Uh, no crime, Terry. Nope. No crime. Nope. Yep. Um, next, uh, Prosec- deta- uh, Prosec- prosecute pro-life people who simply pray outside of abortion clinics. Yep. yep that some comes from friends. the Democrats. Yeah. Some yep. of our friends. Infiltrate the investigate traditional Catholic churches and communities. Who was that? What who what watch was that under? Joe Biden. Biden Democrats. Yep, you got it. Next. Uh, allow for conservative speakers to be threatened and mobbed at speaking events. Uh yeah, it's it's leftist Democrats that try to attack uh conservative patriotic speakers. Absolutely. And, and can I just give an example? Who's our Jewish friend that goes to the colleges and gets yelled at all the time? Um, ben, Shapiro. ben Shapiro. Thank you. Yep. So there's yep. an example of that. Let me get back to my, if I don't select Trump, or let's see here. Which one am I on right now, Jess? Infiltrate? Yeah, I know. S- allow, selectively, no, oh yeah, selectively. Selectively prosecute Trump for having classified documents, but not other former presidents and vice presidents who admitted the same violation, like like Obama. Yeah, I, I read all this and I go, why, why are they being selective? Well, we know why. Democrat. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Indict their chief political rival 91 times. Uh, that's coming from the Democrats who learned that technique from communists, by the way. Wow. 
regulate away what people can listen to on podcasts and on YouTube, oh yeah, they can take you down in a heartbeat. We've had it. Go ahead. That, that comes from the Democrats, Terry. Yep, Democrats, yeah. of course. Track people's searches and purchases of guns. Oh my God. That comes from Democrat legislation. Well, yep. it's all Democrat. Track people's internet searches for religion. Are you kidding me? Yes, that's happening in our in America. Is this microphone on? Yes, it's the Democrats. Keep going. Strong arm banks into revealing transactions into the FBI. Yep, that comes from Democrat legislation. So who's more likely to hear the rat-a-tat <laughs> on their door and a pro-life activist like Mark Huck or any political figure on the left? Great question to ask, Jess. <laughs> Go ahead. Des- despite all their chatter, there's not one member of the left at large that is in danger of losing their life, liberty, or political appetite. Conservative writers, activists, and commentators calculate the risk daily about how far they can take their advocacy, knowing that the day may come when they have to choose between their beliefs and their families. Well, continue Rush, about Rush Limbaugh. because he Rush was Limbaugh right. was right again. Yep. The greatest tool and asset of the left is the ability, aided by their accomplices in the media, uh, to accuse its enemies of exactly that which the left is guilty of. That's they what do, they do yeah. a great job at that. They yeah. Do. Their claims simply go unchecked. The portrayal in the media of the right as dictators in waiting, notwithstanding, one is more likely to be prosecuted for contributing to Alex Jones' Infowars than for twerking at the RuPaul's family friendly drag, drag queen story hour. What an analogy. That makes sense. Okay. True and the media and district attorneys who have been brought to paid for bought, 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 bought. and paid for you know see uh, Finney William Willis and uh, Alvin Jones are huge assets to the left's agenda but that's not the only reason for the left's dominance dominance the left is bold and the right is timid and tired to paraphrase Marjorie Mar- Maurice uh, Perthrick in the British House of Commons, ready in 1941, the left has panzers and the right have pansies. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I never heard that. That's incredible. Bringing that back. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, this is Terry, what, what a what great he, what article. He's ba- what, he's, what he's basically saying is, no. yeah, the the like well, Fulton Sheen said about evil people. He goes. They have no truth, but all zeal. Yeah. Our side, I'm paraphrasing Fulton Sheen. He goes, we have, we have all truth, no zeal. but we lack no zeal. Yeah. And so that, that's what this article is basically yeah. saying. And, and Terry, go ahead. Yeah. And you know, just left what Bishop Sheen said, our fires have gone out. Oh, there you go. And we there need to go. relight them. And you know what, Jesse, I'm wondering right now what's happening in our country. If, if we can't light a fire on what's happening, we, we just read if that doesn't motivate us to pray with an, an action to go out and spread the gospel, I don't know if anything will, brother. You're right, Terry. I mean, this is this is the defining moment right now of what we're living in America. Yeah. I mean, when 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 they can prosecute a former president, you know, communism has arrived to our shores. Yeah. And Terry, I just want to mention something because people have been texting me, and somebody asked one of the email questions to VMPR. So yeah. I'll just answer it live sure. on radio. Let's do it. Uh, 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 so it's uh, apparently it, Donald Trump won the South Carolina primaries. Right. And he says, I'm reading here that he strongly supports IVF after the Alabama court ruling. So somebody asked a donor wanted to know 
my opinion on this as somebody who speaks for VMPR. Mm -hmm. Simple. Donald Trump is wrong on this issue. Yeah. That's simple. Yeah. And remember this. Donald Trump doesn't have the benefit like Joe Biden of being a Catholic. That's true. So Joe Biden has the benefit of accessing the church's perennial magisterial teachings. Joe Biden can pick up a Catholic catechism, look up IVF on the catechism, look up uh, stem cell research. It's all in there. And he can read the magisterial teachings of the church that we don't, that this practice is not allowed. Now, Donald Trump doesn't have the benefit of being a Catholic. He's not formed with Catholic thought. He doesn't have a Catholic catechism. See, all right, what does my church teach on this? So the only thing that I'm going to say, yeah, he's wrong on this issue. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sure Catholics that are in his inner circle are going to point it out to him oh, yeah. that, th that this goes against Catholic social teaching and Catholic moral teaching. But the fact is, um, even though he's wrong on this issue, he's still the most pro-life president that we've ever had in the White House. And, and so as, as Catholics, let's not forget, when we when we vote, we're not voting for a pastor. We already have a pastor. His name's Jesus Christ. Amen. We're, we're voting for a politician amongst sinners. They're all sinners. So we have to vote for the one who's going to do least damage to our religion. Well said. Remember, who's going to move the football closer to a first go. down? And that's how we have to vote because Jesus Christ isn't running in this election. So who's the best? one that represents our values the best. Yep. That's Donald Trump. Yep. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's <laughs> Terry and Jesse. Jesse, do we ever let anything burn under our feet, man? I mean, we are moving for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> What's next, Jess? Yeah, Terry, uh, friends of ours, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen them in a long time. They're busy. We're busy. <laughs> but uh, the, the uh, Eduardo Verastegui, uh, oh, yeah. Alejandro Monteverde, yes. uh, you have uh, the their attorney, uh, the, the Severino, yeah, uh, uh, Leo, Leo, Leo Severino. Leo. Yeah. yeah, they've come out with another movie. A good one. And, We've seen it. Yeah, it's called Mother Cabrini. And the director says it's transformative. Oh, yeah. I watched it. So did I, yeah. It has the quality of 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 a like a, you know a high production a Hollywood movie like by Paramount Pictures or Universal sure. Studios. Yeah, it's yeah it they, they didn't it's not some B rated movie. They, it's oh. it's it's a blockbuster. That's right. Let me read what it says to you, then we'll make some comments because I've watched it, and I think it's going to just again it's just going to be something that's going to move the needle in the right direction in terms of the Catholic faith. So Alejandro Monteverde is the director of last of, of last summer's blockbuster, Sound of Freedom. Yep. But he's back at it again, this time telling the story of the work of Mother Cabrini, which undertook to protect impoverished children in New York City. Monteverde's new film, Cabrini, tells the story of Francesco Cabrini, also known as St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, and will be released by Angel Studios on International Women's Day, March 8th. Cabrini takes place in 1889, when hostility towards Italian immigrants ran high in New York, mm. as an Italian immigrant, Cabrini was greeted by not only hostility, but also crime, disease, yep. and dangerous living conditions, especially for orphan children. She and her religious sisters of the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus set out on the dangerous mission to provide housing and education 
for society's most vulnerable. Monteverde spoke with Catholic News Agency about the impact that directing this movie had on him and why he felt it was important to share Cabrini's powerful story. By the way, uh, Alejandro Monteverde, he's married to the, the actress Ellie Landry, very famous actress in her day. She's kind of dropped out of Hollywood ever since she had a conversion back to the Catholic faith, so you don't hear nothing about her anymore. But Monteverde, uh, the, the filmmaker admitted that he was not interested in making the movie when he was first contacted about it by his mentor, Eustace Wolfington, the executive producer of the film. Before I read the script, I was already in my head saying, I'm not going to do this movie, he shared. I'm a practicing Catholic, but I like to make movies that are very entertaining. And in my head, I was like, how can you make an entertaining movie about a nun? <laughs> However, while reading the script, he said a line that Cabrini says spoke to him very directly. Quote, you can serve your witness or you can serve your purpose. You can't serve both, close quote. Right here, Monteverde said, she got me. It was like, wow, this is a woman that speaks with conviction, with power. Monteverde added, I kept reading and realized that this was the universal story about a woman who happens to be a nun, who happens to be a saint, <laughs> but what she was fighting for is something that can unite the entire world. So the movie has a very pro-woman theme throughout its entirety. Monteverde explained that he wanted to celebrate the power of a woman in the most iconic way. They did. And what better way than the life of a saint because she will be celebrating the power of the true woman. Yeah, not a feminist, exactly. not a radical feminist. The woman that lives for others, that cares for those who have no dignity. He explained that when many think of the word power, they think of either being financially or politically powerful. However, for him, he said he thinks of his mother. She was an incredible mother to me, and that requires great power, he said. For those who are mothers, who, for those who are mothers understand motherhood is a powerful calling. Monteverde also pointed out the fact that Cabrini was the first woman to lead a mission overseas, one in which no men were involved. So she found herself as an immigrant in a country that was completely controlled at that time by men. He said, so I knew that was going to be one of the biggest giants she was going to face. She was going to have to fight men as a woman, but not fight for herself. Exactly. Yeah. That's the beauty of the film. Yeah, it is. It was not a battle that she wanted to enrich herself. It was a battle to enrich others, but most importantly, to enrich those whom I call the forgotten ones. And we have a lot of forgotten ones today, Monteverde said. The film's release date happens to fall on the International Women's Day, March 8th. The film was set to come out earlier, but the success of Sound of Freedom caused the release date of Cabrini to be pushed back. I do think there was a divine orchestration, Monteverde told Catholic News Agency. Albert Einstein, in one of his last quotes, said, quote, God hides in the coincidences, <laughs> so it was a great coincidence that we were able to jump on that boat, close quote. I love it. Another big connection to Cabrini yeah. for the filmmaker was the fact that she, too, came to the U.S. as an immigrant from Mexico. Exactly. But the Alejandro says, I also came here with nothing. I didn't speak English. I didn't have any money. I started the typical cliché. I started washing dishes because you don't need to speak English to wash a dish, he shared. <laughs> I went to school. I educated myself. And it was a journey. God bless him. Monteverde emphasized that this movie is not about 
immigration because that's political. This movie is about caring for the immigrant, and that's a big difference. The film has already been screened several times, and Monteverde shared that audiences have left for the desire to fight whatever fight they are that they are currently going through. I have heard so many people that leave inspired to go back and face things that they could have already given up, he added. Movies don't change the world, but movies can transform. This is a transformative film in many ways. It transforms people, and the people are the ones that change the world. And Jesse, this movie, I really will believe that there's so many people who will never put a foot in a church, okay? Yeah. And if they watch this movie, they're going to say to themselves, whatever that girl has, I want. I really think that'll happen because she was so focused on serving. And down deep, everyone wants to be happy. And this woman went to bat for the underprivileged in a way that you just don't see it. And even when she was speaking to the priest or the bishop, she laid it out and says, hey, wait a minute, you have a job too. He called, she called the priests and the bishops to accountability for what they have before Almighty God. And I really think this film will touch many souls. So I know for me, I have a, a group of men that many of them are not Catholic. I, I don't get the chance to meet them that much. But once a week, they go to breakfast. I go maybe every other month. But I'm going to invite these guys to go to the theater to watch this because I think it could bring many souls back to the church and also souls who have never thought about becoming Catholic. I think this movie could be an instrument of conversion. Here's my take, Terry. I it, watched the movie. Yeah. And I think there, there, there is a genius behind this movie insofar as, number one, uh, uh, our American culture, the woke left, has the wrong impression about what it means to be a powerful woman. Yeah. Their definition of a powerful and, woman is, is to be a vice president, to yeah. be a run for president, to be a senator, to sit on the board of uh, you know the industrial ward complex, to be a district attorney. That's the world's definition of a powerful woman. So this movie is going to give the Catholic Church's definition of a powerful woman, a consecrated virgin in the service of Jesus Christ and in the service of God's people. Wow. So I think that's the genius because, you know, Pope Francis is telling us that, that, you know, we have to deep masculinize the church. Just the opposite. And, and, and uh, it, it's just the opposite. Mother Cabrini or, or St. Mother Cabrini yeah. now, she's the perfect example of what feminine should be like in the church. Yeah. She's, this is what you call Christian feminist at its finest. Exactly. And I also like the fact Tell me. that this movie, what it does, it's going to highlight the contributions that Catholic immigrants coming over from Europe, from oh, yeah. Ellis Island, oh, yeah. when, you know, uh, uh, all, almost 250 years ago, the contributions they made, Terry, yeah. to this country and, and influenced this country and bringing gospel principles to this country yeah. through, again, through schools, through hospitals, through orphanages, through helping the poor. So this movie is going to show the roots of this country and the roots of this country in terms of promoting the uh, the common good comes from Catholic nuns like St. Mother Cabrini. Well, wow. I'm going to say right now, pray, pray for, for us. us. And again, the movie's coming out soon. And I would encourage you to bring your friends. I, I actually believe after watching it, you could bring the entire family to that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. No problem. Oh, no problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's do that. And then Terry, something else good about the movie, yeah, and I yeah. just I, I like to see this collaboration. Yeah. Is apparently it's being picked up by Angel Studios. So it's going to be released through Angel Studios. Oh, that's so, a great one. Yeah. So Angel Studios, though it's it's owned by Mormons and evangelicals, they're very friendly, Terry, to Catholics because they put out Sound of Freedom. Yeah, that's made good. by Catholics. Yep. Now, this movie made by Catholic production company, Alejandro Monteverde. Uh, and so you can see this is ecumenism at its finest. I agree. Where you have Jesus-loving Protestants, Jesus-loving Catholics, and Jesus-loving Mormons working together. Now, I get it. We have differences. Of course. But, but at least we can collaborate to try to push a culture of life and show movies that portray the sanctity of human life. And I give I give kudos. My I, I tip my hat off Absolutely. to these Mormons and evangelicals who own Angel Studios, and they're collaborating with Catholics and allowing us to 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 put our two cents in, Terry. Well, can I tell you, Jesse? When we're up against the wall with secularism, if we don't unite with our brothers, <laughs> we're done, dude. And you know what, Jesse? I'm going to be honest with you. I know this sounds um, imprudent to say, but I have more in common with my evangelical Protestants many times than my Catholics. And I'll tell you why. Because the Catholics have compromised with the world. I meet, I meet evangelical Catholics that Jesus Christ is the center of their life, okay? And they That's say true. it. And the kingship of Christ is their king. Of, I mean, what? And they're not even Catholic, but the fullness of the faith. But I seem to have more in common because their zeal for proclaiming the gospel is what we try to do here at Amen. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Well, that's why people call you and me. They call us, man, you guys are evangelical Catholics. I say, yeah, that's a good description of Terry and myself. Yeah. That's a fair That's a fair description. Yeah, yeah it is. Just Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Last time I checked, Terry, we need to be living in a state of sanctifying grace. Do not live in a state of mortal sin. Remember, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. And remember, we fight for altar and throne to one day be inseparably united under Christ the King forever. Wow. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Can you join us in making up sacrifices? Whatever it is in your life, offer it to Jesus so the value can be applied to the salvation of souls. It's as simple as that. You could be four years old like my grandson. And I tell him, hey, he fell. He cut his knee up. Hey, Joe, Bo, do that. Offer it up to Jesus. Put a value on that. Stay, stay with us, family. We've got the rosary coming up here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you and your family. <laughs> 